Hello and welcome to the Distump Podcast. <laughs> Hard transition. Uh, this is the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump it? This is the pickup of the cliffhanger from last week. Mm. And of course, I'm joined for the end of Zcember and Zenovember, our final episode with Matt and Matt. I'm a little sad that this is our last this, one. Yeah, this is our swan song right this here. Is, this is it, man. <laughs> this, is, this is our coup de gras. I didn't get to say penultimate last time. I really wish I did. It's yeah. one of my favorite words. <laughs> you, but, can say it. you can say it now. But this is the <laughs> ultimate episode. <laughs> I mean, I know it's I not give you permission related. on your show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like the Wizard of Oz back here. No, don't right. look at the man behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in the last episode, we talked about Prometheus. We sure did tear that movie apart. Oh, we yeah. like we gave it. It's very much like we were on the fence the entire ride as we discussed it. We went back and forth. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And, and we stripped it down like a new prisoner going into Gen Pop who's got lice. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> Yes, we did. <laughs> and, and may or may not have uh, controlled substances in his anus. And, and yes. <laughs> he gave the, it the full rub down. Y chromosome planet. <laughs> Excuse me. The rub down. Excuse me. <laughs> Don't do rub downs anymore. This is 2021. Do pat downs now. That's right. You got a spoon afterwards. <laughs> so, so Alien 3 took place in a prison. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um so that was last week we did prometheus and we were really super uh we we gave it a fair shake but mm -hmm. we can't decide if we're going to keep that one or dump it mm -hmm. until we decide on this one because if yep. we dumped it there would be zero reason to keep this movie that's, that's right it. that's right these are very in tandem companion pieces i don't know if i've ever seen a movie that was more reliant on the movie before. so much so yeah mm -hmm. absolutely like yeah it's it's uh a lot I of mean, people I, don't like it in terms of sequel i mean in, in principle of sequel that's a good thing mm -hmm. because you know you want to you want to draw as much from the previous entry as you can yeah and make it feel as connected like like it, you're wa actually watching two parts of a film most sequels yeah. are like cash grabs right right now this is a bit of a cash grab feel to it but it still plot wise relies a lot on prometheus you yeah. cannot watch this movie without seeing prometheus i think that like that's one of my favorite things when it comes to sequels <laughs> is like if they shoot the opening part of the um the opening part of the sequel during the filming of the original the first one yeah i really like that because it creates a really strong sense of continuity there even if they do a time jump or they do whatever it still makes it so that you really feel like you can pick up where you left off and they, it, they do that a lot with like marvel movies yeah. or even like lord of the rings mm -hmm, i think that they mm -hmm. were shooting sure. them all in succession all yeah. the friday the 13th movies start yeah. with the last five minutes of the movie before it <laughs> that's right there you go <laughs> and then a completely new cast <laughs> just dumped old cast in the trash their feet are still sticking up out of the dumpster and you're, you're like looking at a new faces who's this, is this tommy jarvis Who's which this one guy? is this <laughs> i'm watching through all those with a buddy uh josh from four nerds by nerds and mm -hmm. it's like if you grew up with them they're fucking awesome yeah but i'm realizing as an adult i'm like if somebody put this in front of me now i'd yeah. be like you said this was good right I, now yeah <laughs> i had that experience myself because yeah. i had not watched them really as a kid like little bits and pieces and and my kind of favorites are the fourth one and the sixth one. Those are two, my two favorites mm -hmm. of the series. Isn't the sixth one the one with the, the girl who has telekinetic powers or whatever? Is that the That's seventh the seventh one? one. Actually, I, that one's kind of cool, too. That's my favorite one. Yeah, I actually like the concept behind it because it starts to revolutionize it a bit. But the 
the sixth one is fun just because it's the it's like you know what we don't care anymore about like continuity or plot. right fuck it he's a zombie yeah fuck it it's, it's oh, yeah, tommy yeah. jarvis is now tom matthews from return of the living dead yep let's just make it funny and crazy and there we go stupid they all take place in the I 80s but then it's like 30 years later and it's still the 80s it's still, still, the 80s. It's still fucking that's right as 80s as it can be god it's, there's yeah no consideration for what future could be yeah. except for in the last one the fucking jason x one i love that man it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's real bad. Real bad. Real bad. Uh, and Freddy versus Jason, of course. Anyway, mm. aliens. Um, so this one is, in fact, directed by Ridley Scott. So after the AVP movies, Ridley came back. Was he in on the, like, on number three? I know James Cameron did two, right? I don't think Ridley Scott had anything to do with number three or number four. Okay. Uh, it was, like, uh, David Lynch who did number? No, not David Lynch. Uh, David Lynch did three. Yeah, okay. So yes. David Lynch did three, and I, forgot, I should just know this because obviously Google and shit, but some other like interesting director did number four. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just it, it just like went into AVP territory. Ridley Scott had nothing to do with anything except for Alien. Mm-hmm. And then this was his return, you know, and he did both of these. I, I do have a little insight in, in terms of like tone when it comes to this particular movie, but go ahead. No, it's like he uh, he just forgot that two forward happened it's like alien one and then we jumped into prometheus like he's like let's just roll backwards and (laughs) just let me tell you about how we got to that point it's like that weird twisted web of the halloween movies at this point it's like yeah so many of them just didn't happen apparently (laughs) yeah it reminds me of the end of clue right (laughs) yeah or maybe it went like this or this could happen you you pick an ending we don't know we just filmed a lot of stuff (laughs) yeah we just shot it you figure it out <laughs> we're supposed to tell you how to feel and think. Yeah, what do you think on. we are? The government? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie, uh, this movie and the last movie, we start off with a blue filter over the 20th century Fox. So here we are. We're going to have a gray ass movie. Oh, yeah. It's uh, I don't understand the filters thing. Like, why do we have to have filters and everything? It's, it's, it's like it's trying to make up for the, the absence of actual granulated film. The texture of film, because everything is digital now, you just can't shoot on film anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're, I think they're just trying to put these, uh, you know, sepia tone horse shit over top of everything. Yeah, but it's it's <clears throat> it's too much. It is. It's too much. It's overbearing <laughs> it's, for sure. There's too much. They need to turn it turn it down. Yeah, just dial it back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, like 20, 20 notches. <laughs> this, is a, this is a gray ass movie. Right. So we uh, we open on the birth of David. Mm-hmm. So David opens his eyes, and his first moments of life are with Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. And uh, his first I'm young now. His first question is, "Am I your son?" And then he plays uh, "Entry of the Gods into Valhalla." Yep. Mm-hmm. And he said, "If you created me, then who created you?" So that sets the tone for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Right there. This is the yeah. This is like the child asking the question. Obviously, the the virtuoso type of child, because David is designed to do everything better than everybody else. But he's still, like, asking a very childish question. Who designed you if you designed me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. We're going to well, hope to find out one day or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, me, just inherently imposing the fact that he's an imperfect being that has made a superior creation. I summarize this as big questions and tea. Big questions and tea. Now, yes. hand, stop <laughs> asking me questions. Hand me my fucking tea. He, got real, he gets real pissed about it yeah, after yeah. a while. <laughs> How dare you steep yeah. my green tea, you bitch. I made you to do this. David You're is a Roomba. That. You're a glorified Roomba to me. <laughs> 
Move along there, Mitchell Quick Crimper. <laughs> Very lifelike Roomba. Um, he uh, so David David determines his name because he looks at David the like statue, which is supposed to be like the ultimate form of human. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there's just like they're like. Did we hit it on the head yet? Here's yeah. another. I, right. <laughs> I feel like a movie ago they already nailed you right in the face with the whole David. Yeah. You know, the, the, right. Like the idea that David the creation. No wonder his name's David, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But nope. In case you were wondering, <laughs> here it is. Right. And- all I can think of is all of the dense moviegoers sitting in the seat being like that movie was so deep it was david you know like the like the sculpture right it was the sculpture <laughs> david man they, they hit it so well and like yeah i mean it's worth pointing out and figuring out but it's definitely like really really on the nose yeah but then uh so just like in the last movie david was like so why did you guys make me and they're like ah, eh, because we could and he's like can you imagine how disappointed you would be mm-hmm. so this like pulls into that that he was already contemplating the que- like the answers to these questions yes. right. the whole time. Absolutely. And then David points out pretty much immediately that he's going to outlive all humans. Mm-hmm. Now now I do to some credit of like the, that scene showing the the David sculpture. I do feel like it is a bit of a foreshadowing and it still might be a bit on the nose but just the idea that he is witnessing like the cre- like an early creation of man knowing that there's some progeny going on between like his history of what he is and that feeds into like his desire to create mm-hmm. you know his desire to be a, a, a creator as we talked about in the in the past right Right. anyways go ahead though man does he fucking want to be a creator oh Oh, my god um so then we go to a ship and the ship puts out solar powering sails Mm -hmm. and uh david is foolproof (laughs) yeah right it'll work out great um and then i believe there is some kind of energy blast that collides with them and the crew is woken up by it's like a neutrino yeah is it is it david is Is it it? david it's definitely michael fassbender (laughs) it's walter and if you pay close attention walter's voice is much deeper i'm I'm walter Walter. i'm doing a really strained american voice (laughs) like this (laughs) just so you know i'm not british or evil (laughs) (laughs) walter the whole time was making me think of my uncle peter good to see you walt (laughs) yeah (laughs) so there's walter um so then we wake up and uh Catherine waterston is in there i didn't catch her name for most of the movie oh my god her name is daniels that's her last yes. name yeah. okay so. and she is the daughter of sam waterston from law and order there you are chung chung yeah oh my <laughs> I know god that. my hero yeah i love those old law and orders i love he's like the district ter- attorney and right. he's fucking awesome because he just dresses everybody down and he is so righteous hang him high he's my yes yeah, hang him high McCoy. <laughs> hang him high McCoy. <laughs> i call her low budget brie larson <laughs> yeah she's pretty much yeah but yeah. she's got so much more emotion than brie larson has ever mm-hmm. had in her entire she's fucking way life. better yeah she's so good she's actually she is kind of like the anchor point the emotional anchor point of this of this slightly thin emotional story right? <laughs> yeah she like she's carrying the strong female character thing though like mm-hmm. i feel like they were making a point to be like that box is checked yep got yeah it. <laughs> they did it in enough like a uh, a uh, in a parallel way, they weren't trying to make her once again a Ripley, but I think they did a way better job with Daniels than they did with Shaw in the past movie. Mm. I, I liked her character better just personally. Yeah. I agree. 
Yeah. Knew me rape face. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, she's freaking out about Jake. Jake is in like this cryo tube and he lights, he gets lit on fire and he burns to death. And then tell me about Jake guys. I love yep. it. So this is the best part of the movie to me. When James Franco gets burned alive before he even gets a fucking line That's out. So it's great <laughs> because we all know he's a predator like, and he's a I- terrible human being. <laughs> 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 But it's yep. a great, it's it's kind of, it was so back in when this movie was, was released, I don't know, like 2017, 17. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was, all that stuff was going on around that time, but they kind of buried the lead a little bit because when the promotional stuff came out for this movie, they were talking about how James Franco is in the movie yeah. and Danny McBride is in the movie we'll get to later, but... I was like, oh, it's these, it's these, uh, the teammates, mm-hmm. you know, the, the guys, yeah, duo. Seth Rogen's gonna show Seth up. Seth Rogen as, as the, the alien. alien. <laughs> 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 oh my god, it's horrifying! The, the, mouth, the mouth's the, going in. Seth it. Rogen mouth coming out. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only engineer, Seth Rogen, without any eyebrows. Yeah. Or hair. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh god. <laughs> oh, so yeah, and then fucking Franco dies in. Five seconds. That's right. Movie. He was yeah. available for one day of shooting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we got mountains and we got a cryo tube at the top of the mountain. Climb up. Yep. And uh, so they, we, the only reason we know he's him is because she watches footage of him climbing on a mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's, it's all just it's this very like sort of on the nose expositional stuff about how he's an explorer and he's an adventurer mm-hmm. and that he's, you know, he can't wait to, to do the next adventure with her, with his wife. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, I'm I'm a pioneer too. I'm I'm on board, mm-hmm. and that that immediately gives her this. It's kind of like the Batman orphan syndrome, right? Where you feel this connection to that person right away because they lost a loved one. Yeah, and that is pretty much. So to introduce a little bit of like context to this, this is an interesting point I heard from someone I know who is like a digital effects artist in Hollywood that told me that. Um, the one of her, like her theory about this movie was that because Ridley Scott's brother Tony Scott died right around the time that they, he was writing the script, he created a very dark uh, viewpoint, mm-hmm. a dark take on your loved ones being killed and lost. Yep. <laughs> that, yes. like it's it's very depressing, and th- there is this tone overall that's dark and kind of like th- sad and and fucked up. Yeah. Well, now we need a new Iron Man. I know. Yeah. Tony. What? What? Did I say <laughs> Tony Stark? No, no. Yeah, okay. yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I I my, oh, my God. Yeah, the, they're definitely like the theme of this movie is as much about creation as it is about loss. Right. So like that's yeah. definitely I can see what you're coming from, because like once that thing happened, Jake, the captain died. They lost 47 colonists and a shitload of second generation embryos. Yeah. So they're on a mission to find this planet where they can create humanity again like mm-hmm. as they're on the ropes humanity is about done and then i wrote fastbender has a deeper voice as walter is that the implication though that humanity is kind of on the on the brink yeah like earth is is essentially dead no so oh, yeah okay interesting then, uh, old what's his face old man uh what was it guy pierce old man guy pierce was like i want to live forever mm-hmm. in the last one so this mm. is like he was living lavishly right at the, the end of so, it. So this also, to, to take kind of... Well, this, I think this comes up in the like the scene after where we're at, but it's this takes place about 10 years after Prometheus. 10 I years, believe. yep. Yeah. So we're in like 21... 2104. 
There you go. There we go. That's it. And then the uh, the a- movie Alien takes place seventy years after this one. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. And they all reverse their all their technology into <laughs> analog stuff. <laughs> Fucking Dom. Why the fuck didn't they? It, that is such a missed opportunity, in my opinion. I feel like you're going to watch an Alien franchise movie. Why can't you put an analog, you know, like keyboards and stupid right that's why i was like why do we have like super magnets sca- sales that soak up sunlight and stuff it's like that wasn't in the first one <laughs> yeah they did, if they had that been in the first one they would have never even came across the fucking planet yeah, they were running on diesel in that one that's right <laughs> <laughs> plentiful in space yeah they diesel uh fuel. so even in those movies though they're like earth what a shithole mm-hmm, so yeah. like earth is not doing great during that period of time so i guess they're not like extinct on earth but they're definitely looking to populate elsewhere yeah they have the ability to therefore it's kind of like a new frontier because they could yeah because they could there it it. is that's the theme there you go so uh katherine waterson after seeing her uh her husband die she throws herself into her work because she has to there's really not much choice what a horrific fate right because like you watch your husband die in a fiery like explode like directly in front of you oh Oh, my god (laughs) that's that's the start of this movie people yeah loss exactly (laughs) scene right away and she uh she tells walter that she was she didn't even really want to come. It was his dream to go there and build a cabin on a lake. Yeah. This yep. is important later. Yeah. They're, they're out there trying to like, I don't know, fix or check on some some system type of shit. Yeah, they're going to a planet like, they think is inhabitable. Is I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Walter's like, I'm a robot. I don't even need to breathe. You think I care? I'll do it. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's important to note that Walter is very distinctly like more subservient in this film than the David model. Absolutely. Prior. And he's smarter and faster. And, uh, yeah, he's... He's, he's a $6 million fast bender. Exactly. That's right. There you are. Um, so they toast to everyone who's dead, and the guy who was second... With Jack Daniels, with, I have to mention. Now, of course you do. As a squire, oh, I true. have to bring that up. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you're obligated by there law. You or you lose your squireship. Jack shots and human torpedoes. I'm surprised you, gar- <laughs> you guys aren't sponsored by fucking uh, Jack Daniels. Me God, too. Boy, can we be? <laughs> they don't sponsor people. God damn it. I know, damn. I've already tried. <laughs> so they do a toast to everyone who died and the guy who was second in command is now captain and he feels like nobody gives a shit and they completely disrespect him because they are all about james franco right welcome back to uh, uh faith 101 <laughs> from prometheus because here comes this zealotous fucking faithful guy That's that it. he makes a very strong point in the scene to talk to his wife about how I'm a man of faith. They couldn't trust me with this kind of job. I was supposed to be the captain, but really, they just don't like that I pray. Because in 2104, God's dumb. <laughs> they think I'm a dumb hick. Essentially, that <laughs> they is... They said that to me at a dinner. At a dinner. <laughs> and uh, so Catherine Waterston is his number two, and she's basically like... No, they'll listen to you, but I won't. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, then some dudes go That's out. His work wife. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For real though. <laughs> so two dudes go out to repair the solar panels, and uh, static hits Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee is the pilot, and he is also our dear friend. Whose name is escaping me? Danny McBride. Danny McBride, McBride. who plays 110% a serious role in this movie. There is no evidence of him from... He's, he's like, walking down emotional ground, and he's going for, like, true... He's kind of playing this, this like, 
Parker role, right? Mm-hmm. Like Parker from Alien. Right. He's like the helpful number two type of like tough guy who is very capable. I did enjoy his character. I thought his portrayal was very good, but it's very against type for him. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, that it did feel a little uh, out of the ordinary for him. But, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's, it's all right. You, know, you got to stretch your wings sometimes. His agent was branching him out. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just know him as eastbound and down for the most part. Everything right. he plays, he's that character. So yeah. it was nice to see him get into this. And he's one of the co-writers of this movie. What? Yeah, he was oh, one of the writers of this movie. So oh, they were shit. like, you're an actor and you seem to have nailed all the emotional parts. So let's put you in the movie. And he did a pretty good job there as far go. as I'm concerned. Yeah. So once the static hits, they realize that uh, it's John Denver playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny McBride's like, I never kid about John Denver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real serious about it here. And it's supposed to be kind of dry funny. Yeah, remember you that's know the only me. joke he makes in the uh, whole movie. Right, yeah, pretty right. Much. That's it. <laughs> and uh, it's coming from a habitable planet, seven months and four months. Se- let me try that again. Seven years and four mo- months away from Raggy Six. Yep, there you go. Varagai Six, there which is where so, they're heading. So it's important. Yeah, it's important to note that at this point, they once they pick up the transmission, their destination is like seven years away. This right. one is like a few weeks away. Right. So yes, it's and like John Denver's there. Uh, John Denver's yeah. there. <laughs> right. He, when his plane crashed, he went through he, a dimensional he, portal. No, he went through this. the windshield and it shot him into space. <laughs> it shot him this far. Into space. That fast. That's yeah. how fast that plane was That's going. Right. And he went, he landed right there on that plane. It, pl- it was a planet. secret ancient incantation that took him through a wormhole <laughs> into space. <laughs> Something that's been passed down from ancient Rocky Mesopotamian civilization. <laughs> that's in the hieroglyphs, Matt. That's right. It's you all there. You know. Yeah, you didn't write that. Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. That's right. What they said. <laughs> so they they determined that this is uh, all of the data about this place. They're like, this is a good idea. We should stop here. And Catherine Watterson's like, the fuck are you talking about? This is a good just because John Denver's there doesn't mean we should go there. Right. And John Denver is fucking dead. He is like two hundred years dead at this point in the movie, right? Yeah, at least two hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is twenty one oh four. John Denver died in nineteen seventy six. The fuck are you thinking? If yep. I heard a spooky John Denver. Uh, uh, transmission coming from another planet, I would go way the fuck in the opposite direction. John Denver's ghost inhabits this planet. That's right. I don't want to go to a ghost planet. I want to go to a regular place where I can build a cabin. Exactly. A log cabin on a lake. On a lake. For my really weird predatorily strangely fucking Somehow supposed funny. to be funny but not actually funny husband who just burned alive when yeah. honors dumb memory dumbass so she, she's she's super not into it and he's like you gotta have faith why would we pick up john denver if it faith. wasn't jesus right right <laughs> this is jesus's work jesus cut and this. dry so uh, and this is and this is in terms of like meta subtext even like deep meta subtext to, to talk about with this movie so prometheus has a lot of talk about faith and there is an interpretation of prometheus not to linger on this too much but there is a there's an interpretation of prometheus that basically jesus was like a a progeny of the engineers that was brought back to kind of get people on track i'm just telling i'm just telling you the theory it's not mine but that because they crucified him mankind was doomed by by like their you know rejection of jesus and like that's why the engineers were coming. Whose theory is this? 
I don't I, I don't really know. Deacon but Deacons. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Deacon Deacon like Deacon. Deacon Frost from from fucking Blade. <laughs> <laughs> but in this particular movie, it it feels like Ridley Scott, I'm just talking from the Ridley Scott perspective because in right. the first movie it, it's all about like faith is going to dr- deliver us to this place. Faith mm-hmm. is like supposed to take us to where we're supposed to go. And the idea is more like that like don't have faith because it's going to fuck you over. Right. <laughs> like, God doesn't care about any of you people. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. That's right. And uh, that 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 might continue. <laughs> that trend might continue as the movie's called Alien Covenant. <laughs> um, speaking of which, before we progress on to what's happening on this planet, Matt, tell me about the word covenant. Why do you think this is called covenant? Well, I think that there is a really interesting... Um, allegory here with the tale because it's very similar to what the common layperson calls God, but if you have studied the actual texts of of the, the story of Genesis, yod heh vav or Yaldabaoth as it's uh, spelled out there, uh, is the God of Eden. Um, and so essentially what happens is, is God sets up this scenario and is like, you know what? I'm gonna make some people, and so he makes some people. God's like a porn director. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like, all right. Well, what happens if they, you know, have a good time in the garden here? They don't know what they're doing. Just whatever, act natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do what they're all doing. It's fine. He's, the yeah. light, he's yeah. yelling at the lighting guy. Right. <laughs> the but boom. That, so, Get but the that, boom out of the shot. <laughs> stupid fuck. <laughs> That's what I get for inventing these boom armed people. Why did I hire <laughs> Satan as the boom guy? <laughs> that was the snake. The snake yeah, that's was right. the boom guy. Got no arms. Of course, I should have known. Uh, but I think that there's a there's a, a sort of a subtext behind that that when you know after God's created humans and then they ultimately decide to try and make themselves like God, which is the that's following strictly the storyline, of course. I'm not going to go into the sidetrack there. But anyhow, they, they're trying to be like God by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But at the same time, when they attempt to become like God, they find out that they cannot be like God. And not only that, but everything is terrible. And now they're stuck with it. Man, if that isn't on the nose for what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> see, now I wasn't sure why they called it Covenant, but now it makes a lot of sense right. when you put it that way. And then there's a there's a reoccurrence of that concept with the uh, Israelites when when it comes around further in the Old Testament there uh, that God makes a special pact with them when they're in uh, bondage in Egypt, but uh, in reality that never happened. It was in when they were in cap- captive by uh, the Babylonians, but we'll leave it at that. But so the <laughs> The idea, the idea is the same. It's the same story, because and that's how you know that it didn't actually happen because it's too, uh, you know, repetitive. But the the basically the idea is that God makes a pact with them, sends them a special guy to take care of them, Moses, and then he goes up, he talks directly to God, and God's like, "Here's what you got to do to be good." And they're like, all right. So he comes down. They're all being bad. And he's like, God damn it. And he breaks them. And then then he's like, he's like, hey, sorry, I lost my cool there. And he's like, what happened? What happened? You broke them? And he's like, yeah, all right, here, I'll make them again. Here's a, uh, luckily I have a Xerox machine. And gave them the copies. He went back down. And he was like, stop melting all your gold and turn it into a bull. Don't worship the old gods, which was Mithraism, uh, anymore. It's all about this guy. And then they're like, all right, fine. And then Moses ends up so after being stranded in the desert for all this time, he's like, he's like, oh, I'm tired of listening to you people complain all the time. Do I have to 
strike this rock and make water come out. And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. Do and, I have to and, do a magic trick for you people? He's like, this <laughs> is right, the right. first David Blaine. And they're the like, yeah, that'd be great. And so he hits the rock and then water comes out of it. But the problem is because he didn't give the honor to God, God was like, guess what? Now you don't get to go to the promised land. Sorry, you lose again. And then it's just the Garden of Eden story all over again. So it's the second okay. covenant that gets broken. Again. So David is Moses in this one. Yes. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> this is important that we have nice. Matt here on this there you go. to give you this perspective. Do right? something. Like, because it, I had no concept of that at all hence that hence that religious allegory thing from the prometheus i don't know how how accurate obviously it is i forget who gave that but i do think that it is based on some ridley scott like discussions Mm -hmm. that he was trying to make like some allegorical jesus right connection Mm -hmm. but this the covenant thing that you were just discussing sounds very similar to this right the plot of this movie there you go yes okay (laughs) so we'll bring those themes in as they occur here um so the man is uh the captain's like this is good data if not for god why would we have not only stopped here but also be able to pick this up like Mm -hmm. everything about this says go here so we should go there it feels right yep and as uh, a scientist that's right yeah. <laughs> Catherine waterston is like i officially oppose what you just said <laughs> yeah, put it on the record he goes and he gets like a real dick he's like it's going on record but yeah. i'm still doing it still doing he's it. obstinate <laughs> like a child i would like to point out that prior to this moment here i do feel like that this group of characters is when i rewatched this movie was more a little bit more sympathetic, a little bit more relatable. Mm-hmm. I, I felt that I actually felt a connection to this group of characters, and I mm-hmm. was like, "These people aren't so bad. They're, they're just going out there. They're just like they're like old timey pioneers." I was going to say it's it, there's there's you something know? like a like a good timey adventure film that underlies it. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, I, I was very soft on them because I didn't feel like they really deserved any what's what was happening to them they, they were just walking into a big old pile of shit mm-hmm. and like i can understand their logic to be honest. like i'm not a faith man but like mm-hmm. i can totally get that logic and i watched it this movie and prometheus on the same day so like i watched them completely in conjunction yeah, with each other i did too and i enjoyed this way more because i did that yeah yeah way more before i was just like hey, another alien movie let's go see it and i didn't realize how heavily it was gonna lean on prometheus I, right I will, I will say my opinion on this one has softened up a lot based based on having watched prometheus in that same week and then go revisiting this movie mm-hmm. and then just my perspective afterwards mm-hmm. i i didn't hate it like i did the first time I watched the movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it was a fucking piece of shit. Yeah, it's, it's way better if you actually watch them together as companion pieces, which they 100% are. Yeah. So then they put the captain and the second in command on a uh, a lander and with a bunch of other people, mm-hmm. and they send them to the planet. And Yeah, uh, they, they fly back. They fly down. They're like, okay, we're going to take a look. And yeah, it's like, a ragtag group of the people. Mm-hmm. I think it's the captain's wife and uh, it's the the pilot's Tennessee's wife. Tennessee's wife. Yeah, and somebody else's wife. They really make a point to be like this person's this person's wife. This right. person's this yeah. person's yeah. wife. They're all couples. Yeah. They yeah. all love each other, they're, they're and that, all that's couples. why it's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah. We split when bad all stuff the couples happens. up. We didn't want right. to have any. No one's gonna be fucking on this that's, planet. That's You're absolutely right, right cause, like <laughs> nobody on the actual ship up top is on the the ground crew, mm-hmm. right? At all, right? 
And uh, but I don't know why you would take the captain and the second in command. Yeah, because you want to wipe everybody out. Yeah, now everyone's yeah. confused. Right. <laughs> because once you're off, once they're off that ship, now all of a sudden Danny McBride's in charge, and nobody wants that. No, that's why not would a, he be? That's not a good equation. Be yeah. In charge. <laughs> Have you seen him do anything? Yeah, really. <laughs> He's the one that argued for John Denver for Christ's sakes. Literally. <laughs> let him work machinery. Don't let him make decisions. That's it. That's what I'm saying. So uh, they, the lander comes through a huge storm, and it looks real earthy in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain is religious. Uh, they find unharvested earth wheat. And uh, I was like, isn't that an invasive species then? If yep. they didn't have wheat there, like, aren't we causing problems? We're causing problems. They, they made a is point it- to say that that, that wheat shouldn't really be there right and that immediately is your first like your first red flag to say that yeah, something's, something's wrong here yeah. <laughs> john denver's out here planting wheat yeah <laughs> john- <laughs> gave up his musical career to become a farmer <laughs> that's what happened to the him ghost of john denver's <laughs> out here <laughs> he learned how to play country roads yeah. all week <laughs> He's had a long time to figure this out. Yeah. Um, so then they find a ship that crash landed there, and they realize that there's no fauna. There are no animals. Mm-hmm. There's no birds. There's no woodland critters. There's, there's wheat, but there ain't no fucking animals to eat it. Right. right exactly. Why? And um, I wrote, there's some kind of spores on the planet that enter through the ears. So yeah, yeah. ears, eyes, mushroom nose, mites. Throat. That's what I call them. Mushroom, mushroom mites. mites. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the kind of the Prometheus, you know, moment where let's take our helmets off in this perfectly breathable air. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not worry about contagion. It's fine. It's fine. We like can breathe they, it. These people go down and they're like, the atmosphere is breathable. <laughs> All right, let's go breathe it. Right, fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's twenty one oh four for yeah. fuck's sake. You, you and haven't we, encountered an alien planet before. <laughs> we right. know today, yeah, that we would never go into a place <laughs> that we've never been before without a hazmat suit. There right. are there are people who do not travel into other countries. You can't, yeah, you can't even get on a plane without one of those fucking things today. It's Why? Absurd. And they're walking around. They don't even put the helmets on. No, nope. they just get off. They the don't ship. bother. Like nope. nah, it's all nope. good. So I sh- got my jumpsuit on. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Shit shoots into their ears. I'm pretty sure fastbender. Yeah, fastbender's with them. And I wrote fastbender powers this movie just like the last one. It's a shame the plot sucks. Mm. So <laughs> those are my notes. Um, and then I said, is that the f- the ship from the first movie and prometheus and i feel like the answer is yes um, yeah it, yeah it's the it's not like the it's a ship from derelict ten, ship from that 10 got years ago smacked but okay. it's the other one yeah. yeah right 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 okay uh and then they find shaw's dog ta- dog tags and they know who she is and they're like she disappeared 10 years ago yeah mm-hmm. how how fucking expositional is that moment right. right there i was a little bit perturbed they're like, oh, it's in the lo- yeah, it's in some logs or whatever. Like as if they read logs for fun. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, why would you even know any of this? I mean, they did go to space. They pay you to be smart. If you That's go to true. Space. That's true. But at the Except same Danny time, McBride, he's just uh, there to run the ship. <laughs> he's just there for John yeah, Denver yeah, identification. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you he's what. He's our John uh, Denver expert. <laughs> he only knows country roads, though. His, his John Denver expertise, though, proves way more useful than anybody else's specialty from the previous That's movie. That's true. Yeah, right? because. <laughs> They were, they, like, in the last movie, there was a biologist who got killed by an animal and a geologist who lost the fucking his way. (laughs) What the fuck was the point of you being there then? 
suck ass and then we've got We've got our meteorologist here. What is this shit from the sky? <laughs> what the hell's it doing out here? Is this right here or something? The sky is crying. We have to run. It's <laughs> essentially what they did. Yeah. Um, God. Oh so they find Shaw's dog tags. I'm like, this was 10 years ago that she got lost. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's playing John Denver. Mm-hmm. And um, then they find a hologram of Shaw piloting this ship and she crash landed on the the planet and that's how they figure that out right it's real grainy though yeah well some fella named ledward stupid name is uh he's got the spores in the ears and he gets real sick and then i wrote other guy is sick too Mm -hmm. but ledward pukes on girl and bleeds on ferris Mm -hmm. so those are two different people okay so one girl drags him onto the ship and ferris is danny mcbride's wife in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah so this becomes a bit of a like a body horror moment here where (laughs) the contagion is is clear and ferris is kind of like freaking the fuck out yeah she's like i don't care uh, about you people anymore we right. were friends a minute ago but something went weird and i don't want to be a part of it anymore like mm-hmm. she's the uh she's the medical officer so she knows the gravity of what's happening right yeah, she's about the only person who's like uh uh demonstrating their expertise right and i wrote this gore was dope something emerged from him alien exclamation point mm-hmm. yeah. so uh, coming out Z- the backside. yep got a back baby and back baby <laughs> there's a xenomorph baby that you get to see in action and he fucks everybody up yeah of course in like the first movie it just kind of scurries and all the movies up to this point that they burst through the chest and they scurry off and this one was they just run like away. nah fuck you yeah right exactly you yeah I'm, I'm aggressive i'm coming out swinging bitch and ferris was ready to like she was doing good she got the shotgun she was ready to blow it away mm-hmm. and she slipped on blood and blows up the ship yeah oh my god <laughs> damn it just uh, throat babies <laughs> give me a hard time <laughs> and the other guy is about i, I put parkour raptors that was <laughs> my note <laughs> yeah we're almost at the parkour raptors yeah. <laughs> um so the other guy spews a xenomorph out of his fucking mouth yeah so that group like two groups got separated one of them was the guy uh ludwig or whatever ledward mm-hmm. and uh they left and went back to the ship first and now the other group they got there just in time to see the ship explode yep. and they were like fuck john denver yeah and uh th- so then the xenomorph pops out of the dude's mouth and uh that's when you realize covenant was the name of the ship mm-hmm and uh, then there's like a shitload of parkour aliens come running through the corn f- or the the wheat fields at them. And Edward tries to seven versus one some alien or one verse one some aliens, and yeah. he loses his hand. <laughs> uh, a bunch of people fucking die, and they are saved by David, who shoots off a giant flare. And uh, we also reveal at this point that these xenomorphs are bulletproof. They get some clean shots on them, and they don't fucking yeah. care. Yeah. They just go, they run right through it, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit counter uh, intuitive based on aliens, Mm -hmm. right? Because the, but the pulse rifles, I don't know if the pulse rifles were not designed at this point. Maybe just like regular bullets don't really phase them. Apparently they don't give a shit. They just walk right through. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. They don't care. 
these are also like Xenomorphs Mach 1. Right. That's so true. They yeah. do change later. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because they're all small. They're little fucking like the like the opening of Jurassic Park 2. Right. With the little dinosaurs <laughs> that eat the yeah. little girl. That's right. Yeah. Um, so then David shows up and he's like, come with me if you want to live. Right. And uh, <laughs> that's his best turn. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I think that's I'm a, not I'm not a man. <laughs> so uh, that's a good place for us to take a brief break. And we will be right back. Ho, 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 Merry Disc Dump! I'm releasing this episode on Christmas, so you probably aren't hearing it on Christmas. But if you are, thank you for listening. And if you're not, thank you for listening! Uh, so this is the episode where we talk about Alien Covenant with the kickstart with Matt and Matt. This is the end of Z-November slash z which is wild. It feels like this has been the whole show the whole time. Super fun. I'm very sad that this is over, and I'm looking forward to doing more themed months with other podcasts again soon. We're going to miss you, Kickstart with Matt and Matt. So you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me, discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On social media, if you type in the disc dump or just disc dump, you'll find me. I'm on there. And uh, I have an Etsy shop now. If you type in Toast of the Realms, you'll be able to find that on there. Get yourself little figures, whatever. I'm getting to the point now where I can start designing things for people, too. So special orders, whatever, just let me know. I also have the podcast, Toast of the Realms, and another podcast called High on Horror. And that's our uh, horror movie podcast. And we're going to be playing a tabletop role-playing game here soon that I designed. And it's going to be awesome. If you want to get some merch... Go to discdump.threadless.com, and I got all the merch you can imagine. I got the Chaos and Milk shirt, all the logos. Get yourself a towel with my face on it. So, yeah, check that out, discdump.threadless.com. You can buy shirts. It won't make me much money, but if you like the content, get yourself a shirt. All right, let's get back to it. Um, welcome back, audience. Mm-hmm. So where we left off is everyone's going with David into his little lair, and on the way there are just hundreds of dead bodies. Yeah, oh, an entire genocide of just people left over, not cleaned up. Yep. Nope, nothing. He's I mean, got. He's had ten fucking years to clean this shit up, and he didn't. He had other things to do, he's like learn easy. to play the flute. Yeah. He ain't no Roomba to me. Okay, I thought he was a Roomba with feelings, and I just <laughs> I, I'm betrayed at this point. It's very disappointing. Um, so David compares himself to Robinson Caruso at this point, mm-hmm. which is another interesting like, comparison because yeah. you know he did land on a planet that wasn't his, and he learned to survive and shit, and yeah. he fe- dealt with some pirates mm-hmm. and uh, people so, asking him for cheese and shit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know the Robinson Crusoe story. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the cheese. It's a lifetime movie. Um, and then David just like is spewing conflict confidence and just has a perfect demeanor and he, they're like is this place safe he's like yeah perfectly it's totally safe yeah There's, it's what are you real worried about? safe why the fuck are you asking me yeah, did yeah. you see all the bodies obviously it's safe it's <laughs> slash freeze coliseum it's fine. Yeah, it's fine i know i know that like two people that you uh cared and loved about 
came down here, and about 10 minutes later, they got obliterated. And then that caused such a panic that, like, four other, like, five other people died. Right. And you just got attacked by, like, a weird raptor baby monster. So, obviously, now everything's fine. But everything's cool, man. Yeah. Everything's fine. You just it's, need to chill out. Really. Chill that's, that's fuck the, out, man. <laughs> like all these guys. Hit this shit. Yeah. Right? Shut up. <laughs> Hit this shit. This wheat is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called wheat. Wheat. Yes. So, he's basically just like, hey, make yourselves at home. Put your feet up. Chill out. It's totally safe. I know there aren't any doors, but it's totally safe. It's I don't just walk through like a big old cage kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they they were just like, "Who the fuck are you?" He's like, "I'm David. What up?" Yeah, and uh, so I look just like your friend, but I'm British. Yeah, <laughs> and that is important to note that uh, David is there, and so is Walter, and he's just like, "Hello, brother," and he's just like going about his business, and Walter's like. Hmm. This is very strange. What's happening here? Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Exactly. <laughs> Some somebody once told me that uh, when British people do an American accent, the, their big thing that they pick up is "Yeah, uh huh." <laughs> of course. So he's just like, "Hello." <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, uh, then Tennessee is in command of the covenant and he calls and he's just like, Hey, where's my wife at? Because there's this big storm happening. He can't come and get them. He doesn't know that she's a big old crispy bird. (laughs) Pretty much. Garbage. And, uh, he's like, where's my wife? Put her on the phone. And, uh, what's her face? Um, lead character. Daniels. Mm -hmm. She, uh, she's like, Hey, uh, let, let's talk, go in another room. And she tells him that his wife blew up the ship and is dead as shit. By the way, they're all gone now. Yeah, we, we done lost three people, four Remember people. Remember what happened to my husband? That happened to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you know, remember how I felt. But now, don't worry, her tube was a lot bigger. Now you know <laughs> empathy. You finally know empathy. You big old hick piece of shit. This is what John Denver gets you. That's right. Are you happy? That's right. Are you? Did it take you home yeah. these country roads to West Virginia? The uh, everything sucks. The, we didn't here. really talk about the true intensity of the moments when she was like shooting at the alien on the ship and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. It's pretty fucking intense. It's yeah. good. It's it's directed really well. I will say that throughout this movie, the action scenes are actually pretty yeah. uh, gripping. Like mm-hmm. when it pops off, it fucking pops yeah, off. For yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it gets fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. I, I think the unabashed, like, um, just brutality of this film does it's very visceral it, it sticks with you yeah yeah it's it's uh beyond gory is just intense like in yeah. general it's like whoa like you sit forward when you start watching this like i don't want to say edge your seat but you are definitely engaged when she's running around like she locks him in the med bay right like right. you better open this fucking yeah, yeah. door she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I, I think having some of that and and when i watched this movie again like i said i, I felt a little bit more empathetic towards the characters and i felt a little bit more like well i don't really want some of these these people who i spent like about four or five seconds with who seem nice. <laughs> I don't really want them to die. There's a These lot are my of them. friends now. They're my friends. They're my only friends. It's COVID. I have to go out. All, the rest of my, all my friends are all crispy. Hold they, me, all... McBride. Hold yeah. me. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, it's usually in the moment right before they die where you kind of are like, oh, 
that's cute and they're nice yeah right. and then uh, that didn't go well yeah, so shove it right down your throat and yeah stick you in the balls and <laughs> like it's just like it is kind of heartbreaking when she calls danny mcbride and he kind of nails the like dramatic sadness thing he's mm-hmm. punching walls and stuff yeah yeah and uh so then they realize like they talk to to david and they're like how long until this storm goes he goes oh they can last up to months and they're yeah. like Fuck. days weeks yeah. months Years, yeah, decades, knows? millennia. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have answers. I'm a Roomba. <laughs> I'm a Roomba with a British accent. <laughs> he literally smacks a guy in the back. He goes, "Keep trying." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Keep it up. Keep it up. You're fine. No you worries. Stay out here in the brutal fucking rain. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking downpour too. Um, so then the storm lasts for months. Tennessee is officially in command of the ship, and he's like, we're getting close. And the, the, everyone else is like, we're what? He's yeah. like, no, we're getting close. We're going to be able to pick them up. And they're like, well, if you go within 80 kilometers of the planet, your ship is going to be destroyed. And he goes, bring me to 79. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> one, Just one more. One more. Yep. So um, then David decides to cut his hair because for some reason his hair grows. Of course. And now he looks exactly like Walter. Mm. And uh, then we get the fucking flute scene. Oh, my God. I hate this. This is one of the worst scenes in movie history. Recital time. Yes. (laughs) Ridley Ridley Scott was living his eighth grade dreams and fantasies of being in a recital. Man, I love Jethro Tull. (laughs) You know what this movie needs more of? Michael Fassbender playing music with Michael Fassbender. That's exactly hey, what Hey, Fassbender, can you do a scene with you? <laughs> You're a robot. Why do you need an instrument? <laughs> it is You're pretty... the guy that cleans the floors at Giant. I don't even need to tell you what to do. All I need to do is push you in the right direction. That's right. That's the whole reason I brought you on here. I've been trying to. I'm a real human with blood and bones and stuff, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) I've been trying to think of last episode you fell out of your chair when we were talking about like robots and shit and I was like tug the milk out I want to come up with a way to make that a shirt people will actually buy but it's real hard to have a shirt that says tug the milk out if they're brave if they're brave they'll buy it (laughs) just put it out there you know so um, let the people decide that's right David teaches Walter how to be creative is the whole point of the scene right but holy yeah. Mary, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, mm-hmm. is this scene long it's and exhaustive. annoying? And it, it's an energy vampire scene. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It goes it's just on. more suffering is really what it is. Oh, my God. It goes on idea. a lot. Too. It goes way longer than it should. And I think in terms of like, the reason that it was put there is because of the pacing of the film wanted to give you a bit of a respite so that it would make it feel more intense when the actual other intensity parts came. Did you However, say respite? Yeah, I was wondering about the same thing too. I didn't want to point it out. What the hell's a respite? (laughs) Are you reading a teleprompter? A A respite. I want a refill. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, the words flash across my head like a teleprompter. This is why I say them wrong sometimes. Just an insight into my brain. There you go. I think that they were trying to give it more of like a, a way for them to break the action up and then create a more more tension as it went on. So they used that by well they they achieved that by using two fast benders and you know for the price of one. 
<laughs> and he's like, you blow and I'll do the fingering. <laughs> yeah, right. did, oh, my God. The fingering. Yeah. When he said the fingering, I couldn't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> like, Stop you fingering yourself. This is where robots have come. <laughs> and they uh, they play a famous tune. And uh, fa- David says it's one thing. And uh, the uh, what's his face? is uh, not Walter. Walter. Mm-hmm. Walter's like. Okay, because apparently it's wrong, which he reveals later, is that David's starting to make mistakes mm-hmm. like a human. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, so then Waterston puts faith in the captain's faith is the next note that I have. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I think that she is, she's kind of giving a, a pep, pep talk. This is after the point at which they're trying to reach the ship. That's right. It's pep Things talk are going time. to hell and like <clears throat> she's trying to tell him. This is in juxtaposition to the first conversation that they had, like, um, you know, captain to co-captain, mm-hmm. where she was doubting his, his you know, faith-based decision. And she was trying to tell him that, like, your faith, this was, this was kind of a reassuring moment, like, your, you know, your faith is helping keep us, all, our spirits high, and your, like, your captaining is fine. She right. was trying to tell him, like, everything's cool with you and me. Like, and you're, that was you're actually, making like, a, choices that at least you're making choices like being yeah. inactive would be nothing so. exactly right yes right. exactly and that was a reassuring that was actually like a, one of those moments that softened me up on that guy and being like a faith-based leader mm-hmm. i was like okay well you know i know he's stupid but <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> but but he's trying yeah. at least he's doing something he's a big dummy but at least he's giving it his all <laughs> right and nobody else is trying to do yeah. it yeah uh, so then we get a flashback. Mm-hmm. We get to see what David's been up to for the last 10 years. There we go. And what he did this was great. he unleashed the disease that has been floating around on all of the architects. Yeah. And he wipes their civilization out. So, yep. so I don't think that these were the original engineers, actually. Oh, the, I wrote the creators, so maybe it's somebody else. I think that this was a, a, a civilization that the engineers populated like they did with humans sure i think that this was like a place where they because of their because of their reaction they're they were like having a a weird a weirdly like archaic worshiping reaction to that ship coming back Mm -hmm. and that they seemed kind of primitive so i i don't think that they were engineers it's an interesting take i think that's like aztecs or some shit right yeah yes exactly they were just like another planet that was like proliferated by the engineer seed and they were like, oh, they came back. Yeah. And then David's like, boop. He's <laughs> like, hey, hey guys, ever heard button. of Ozymandias? I'm going to say a line from that now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that comes up, too. He calls himself Ozymandias at one point. Have <laughs> you ever heard of this play from <laughs> our planet that you not not have any clue about? The Fallen King of Kings, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that so. was, yeah, but, it's, but it is such a prolific or a, a prophetic uh line for him to say yeah Mm -hmm. it it does do a lot of like old um literature uh inspiration so much in this in this so much his ridley scott's like did you know i did a lot of research i'm real educated guys (laughs) i've been i took a whole bunch of humanities classes before i wrote this yeah (laughs) um i was so sad about tony stark's death (laughs) (laughs) when he he snapped those fingers i was like that was a year later this came before that damn oh man he knew it though he was out there he was getting you know they were he's got the 
connections. He yeah. floated the script past him yeah. to rewrite. Of course. He saw it. <laughs> so then I wrote, Shaw put David back together, which he equates to motherly love and altruism. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, uh, she. then she was ta- he was talking to uh, Walter about it. And Walter sacrificed his hand to 1v1 those aliens. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says... Something about like I loved her, and Walter's like you can't love anybody. You're you're a Roomba, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. and he's like uh, it's definitely love, and you feel love too. Why would you sacrifice your hand to uh, to help her unless it was love? And he just said it was my duty to do that. It's right, my, it's my job. I, I had to take a duty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm here to sweep the floors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we get to see these. All weird... I saw was a dirty floor. Yeah, exactly. So then we get these weird white pink aliens, mm-hmm. and they're pretty fucking cool looking. Oh, like they call them the neomorphs. Is that what they call them? Neomorphs. Even though they're older than xenomorphs, they're, they're the neomorphs. Yeah, they're like a couple of like hours old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. And they're yeah. like bigger and they're more fucking. They're all like whitish and kind of humanish. Yeah. <laughs> fleshy. That's a good word to put it. They're fleshy. fleshy. And then uh, the hot chick who took a <clears throat> bullet in the arm, the Xeno gets her, I wrote. Oh, God. He, like, rips her head off. That was terrible. And yeah. her head's just floating, looking like yeah. she's taking a bath, but really she's... I was going to say, yeah, because I my note is shower time gets chompy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's, trying, she's, she's like, ooh, I got really chompy. fucked yeah. up by this guy. Yeah. And she's, yeah. like, trying to clean her arm off. And then she's like... Did I just hear a weird snarl mm-hmm. in the corner? She gets her head probably so ripped off. <laughs> oh, she she actually probably gets literally everybody that, that dies <laughs> gets a good, pretty good fate. Yeah, yeah right. When it right. comes down to it, right? Absolutely, dude. If if I'm ever in a horror movie, I want them to rip my head off because I want to see the prosthetic. I want yeah. to see the model of yeah. my head because if you look at like movies from the 70s, it's just like a mannequin head that they put makeup on. Right. And like up to today, that looked exactly like that chick. She didn't have any lines in the movie. Right. She nope. just was there just and went, they made a perfect prosthetic yeah. of her head. <laughs> and like think about actors who've been acting forever and been decapitated in multiple movies. Oh yeah. It's like they got to see like this one was paper mache mm-hmm. and and then this one's silicone. Yeah, like, they went all the way with it. Amazing. There was a, there was an episode, not to spoil too much or anything, but I won't talk about plot. But in in The Walking Dead, there's an episode where they use a, a head mold, I think, from Johnny Depp. Oh, really? And yeah, they like beat it up so bad because it's supposed to be like the head of like a prized head guy, like like the head of a guy that some other group asked them to get. Mm-hmm. And they get this head, they take a head off a zombie, and they like beat it up so it looks similar. But it's like an old Johnny Depp head cast oh. that they use. Huh. And- but the like that's leading into the process of getting your head made would probably be pretty awful. Unpleasant, yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd put up with it just for If you're the, claustrophobic the, at all, it's not a good time. Uh, <laughs> I still want to know. Breathe, just breathe want, through a straw. I feel like... Immortalization is worth it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... They say when you look in the mirror, you still don't see yourself the way other people see that you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I want to see what a prosthetic of my head would look like. Be like, whoa, it doesn't look anything like me. Right, right. But it does. It's the features that you recognize. Exactly. So um, that chick who had no lines whatsoever and just happened to be really hot, her head gets bit off and is floating around. And the captain's like, where the fuck is everybody who left where we are? Yeah. So he goes looking and he sees her head floating around. And there is 
Neomorph. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, David gets between them and he's just like, look at it. Isn't it beautiful? He's like cooing at it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's come like, here, baby. We're friends <laughs> now. And the captain fucking blows it away and David is not happy about it. Yeah. He, he can- fucks that thing up too. He's not even fucking around. And then he delivers that weird line where he's like, David, when I was a child, I saw the devil. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> he doesn't like, elaborate. And, 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 like, is that supposed to infer that he is, that he recognizes David for the evil that he is? I think so. Something? Yeah, like he sees the devil in him or something I like guess, that. Like, I guess, but, like, implication. Is, is David even, like, the devil? Yes, 100% yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. David's like God. He's a crazy. Well, that's, that's the idea. That's why, opinion, yeah. that's why I brought up Yaldabaoth, because yeah. the within the Gnostics, who were the early Christians, they held a belief that their God, the Christian God, was not the same God of the Old Testament, that that was a lesser being that was imperfectly created, that the real God, whose name was the Barbalo, was... Uh, completely absent and did not give a shit about humanity whatsoever. And so y'all both just kind of sat in the chair and was just like, well, I guess this is mine now. He just grabbed the, Hey, wait, I'm God. He grabbed the hey, Xbox controller and he just started Thanos. playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's Thanos. Yeah, essentially, yeah, right. So okay. that's, that's, that's sort of the idea. But yeah. Gotcha. I, okay. I actually really agree with that mentality. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the real God gave up on us a long time ago and some asshole came in and started playing with all the buttons. Yeah. And his name was David. His right. Name was That's, David. Right. That's it. There you are. I've um, seen the devil. So the captain's like, you're going to tell me what the fuck is going on or I'm seriously going to fuck up your perfect composure. Oh, that was a really well, li- like, well delivered, <laughs> beautiful good. line. That was yeah. a great line. This is the moment where the captain, I was like, all right, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah he, yeah. he ain't fucking around no more. He's like, some going on and you're acting weird as shit and i've had enough <laughs> right <laughs> and david's like okay follow me yep. and he just turns and walks away yeah <laughs> so yep. the captain follows him and uh so david admits that he took on zoology as a passion mm-hmm. and uh he got into poetry and he tells him how he created these weird aliens mm-hmm. that are have killed all the fauna in the planet. And he basically goes, here, look inside this this weird egg that has like slits in it. And it opens up and it's pretty responsive to you standing over yeah. it. And the captain gets face hugged. He, he stands there way too long. <laughs> and he's like, what's in here? Boy, that sure looks dangerous. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is that God? Yeah. <laughs> and he stands there for about 30 seconds, which is way too long to be standing in front of an egg. Monster, he's right? Like, I know you just said that you designed these terrifying monsters that ripped off one of my crew's head, but what's in here? Yeah. If I saw some <laughs> biological fucking alien form, I would stay way the fuck away from it. Well, yeah, I wouldn't even need the movies to tell me that because even the if reason- it isn't hostile, it's the contagion factor again. Exactly, you feel <laughs> repulsed. God damn it. I saw, look, I work for, I work for Hi, uh, a disability centric uh, organization. I'll put it that way. And you mean disability? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I do disability cases for people. And there's plenty of people that I've seen with disabilities, physical disabilities. But prior to that, prior to being exposed to that a lot, mm-hmm. when I saw somebody missing like all their fingers on their hand yeah. or like a leg or like something. I would feel like a physical reaction to that, like a, oh, ooh. Yeah. Like, ah, that's, sure. that's kind of like, ooh, it's not normal. Right. 
if I saw some weird biological thing I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. I would walk away from it. Right. <laughs> That's a natural, normal thing to it do. It is. It is. But Why Dave, would you get closer to it and look over it? I don't know. There's like some experiences that are extremely dangerous and you walk, watch somebody walk directly into it and be like, it's fine. Like I held an alligator once and it's like. This thing would literally kill me if it had a bad moment. Like For sure. If I, if I touch it the wrong way and it's like, ooh, that's ticklish. Mm-hmm. And it fucking rips out my throat. That's right. it. But there's a guy who's like, I let this run around in my house. Yeah. And you're like, well, if it doesn't eat you, maybe I can yeah. touch it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe that was that moment because David just walked out into the middle of all these eggs. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Right. You're like, all right, let's check this out. And he's like, they're, they're waiting. He's like, what are they waiting for? You. Yeah. And right. Fucking grabs him in the face. Mm-hmm. And then he sits there like a child throwing pebbles at him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's wake so, up. Throwing stuff. Yeah. Get up. I'm hungry. I yeah. want some ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> and, uh, the, the captain wakes up and he gets fucking chest burst. Yep. But very uniquely chest burst because it's like, <laughs> It's like a dancing ba- ballerina box where that the whole entire xenomorph comes out of him, like arms, legs, and all. Mm-hmm. Not like the little snaky thing we're used to from Alien. And it just comes up and doesn't like <laughs> takes a bow. Yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> Anna, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my. <laughs> it's like it's basically like space balls right? in that moment. And uh, the captain's last words were, "What do you believe in, David?" And he said, "Creation." Mm-hmm. And then, and so then we have our first legit xenomorph yeah like mm-hmm. Mach 2 here's the xenomorph we get in the first alien movie this is kind of like what what they were trying to aim at in prometheus and then mm-hmm. they just really didn't get into mm-hmm. i don't really know why this was the premise that they decided to go into this alien thing i no, also waited feel like five they did a, years they did yeah. a really bad job yeah uh, just making it like a full-on little tiny Xenomorph we were then- we were trying to hit this hit the uh, hit it right on the bullseye there and we forgot to take the cap off the lens. Yeah. God <laughs> and damn, it, I hate when we do that. It ended up in like uh, Utah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's way the fuck away from where it should be. Yeah, it's it's uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but here we are at this point. We got Xenomorph Mach Two, which is the standard Xenomorph. Mm-hmm. And then uh, David plays the score for some movie and Walter calls him out on getting it wrong. And so David's like, hey, listen, you and me, we're better than these people. They are a dying race or they are a dying species and they don't deserve to start again. And he said, when a note is off, it destroys the symphony. And that was when uh, Walter's like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. Your logic is flawed. You're getting things wrong. You're not a perfect robot anymore. And I'm not dealing with all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's, it's still he's got those emotions toned down. Right. And mm-hmm. all those like logic turned way up. But David has actively been trying to create emotion in Walter. Yeah, situations. Yes, right. This is this is like his way of manifesting some sort of influence. Like this is why he. So in this particular movie, David is shown to be like a very human normal ass like flawed individual mm-hmm. who feels the need to create and the need to impart his like his viewpoint onto other people under, like a human under the guise of being perfect yeah yes yes and that is 
the idea of he's a narcissist <laughs> the Aldabaoth of Moses of these guys who were speaking on the behalf of God that there's supposed to be perfection hmm. but yet the that through their wearing down through their impatience they end up exposing their flaws and that ends up being their downfall I don't know if you're you're exposing Ridley Scott for being a genius or if you're just sort of explaining that there is some very like comp- this is all Danny McBride. This is yeah. all Danny <laughs> McBride's doing. <laughs> Danny McBride, because Danny McBride did write this fucking. I know. Thing. That's, it. Yeah. that's it. So I actually think Danny McBride is a, is a fucking genius now. That's right. it. There you go. Because Ridley Scott hasn't written anything since he wrote his name on this, like the paper that. That's about it. Cash a check. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I think there were like five people who wrote this movie. Danny McBride had yeah, to be yeah. one of them. But yeah, like. It, it is kind of questionable whether this movie is genius or fucking stupid. Right. Yeah. And uh, like like I've said on Instagram, is this a great piece of cinema? Is it like a masterpiece? Or is this the worst movie you've ever seen? Yep. And it's really hard to know. It's yep. very, yeah, it's very diametric. Or uh, not diametric. Uh, Dynamic? Dyna- uh, no. Uh, diametrically opposed. Diametrically opposed. Yeah, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. Well, yes, even a broke clock's right twice a day. So that's we right. can go for there. There we go. so david is instilling and legitimately succeeding at making walter question existence Mm -hmm. and david kisses him david fassbender kisses himself yep there it is and he punches uh walter through the chest and disables him yeah he sticks like a weird like knife in his neck and he hits him in this like weird spot and that is actually the most horrifically scary moment in mm-hmm. the film when he folds up like that and his yeah. eyes go white like fucking yeah. <laughs> it's like so weird looking yeah. oh my god it freaks me the fuck out it was like when Spock judo chops people and they yeah, just pass right, out right. it was very similar to that <laughs> um, just with a knife <laughs> It just makes this horrific looking face. Like, he's like, Ugh. yeah, he, and he, like, it really is disturbing. And uh, Catherine Waterston is just like, now where's the fucking captain? Okay, everybody, guns and split up. We're going to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Never a good idea to Scooby Doo that shit. Never right. a good idea. Yeah. And uh, she walks around and alone and finds David's blueprints for life. Mm. So he's creating life. It's becoming clear that he is bad juju right and uh she's just like oh shit this isn't good and uh the other group gets attacked by face huggers and the xenomorph and then uh david shows up and he beats the shit out of Catherine waterston yep with no effort whatsoever this gets real fucking weird this starts to become more like that alien moment with ash and mm. ripley i think that there was a very intentionally reminiscent of that moment mm-hmm. where he's getting a little bit like rapey with yeah. her and it becomes very uncomfortable. And this is like the fight where she sticks that like nail, that little like, you know, old school oh, old school nail, like through David's chin. Something like that, yeah. And yeah. That's supposed to be some kind of like I I I can't help but feel like that there's some kind of Jesus allegory going mm, potentially. on. Potentially. Between sure. like the nail mm-hmm. and the and the man who's trying to create and like yada yada, whatever. I thought that was going to play more into like the next act, but it right. did, it actually it really did, doesn't. It yeah. didn't. Right, right. Yeah, so it is revealed like she's like, "What did you do to Shaw, who was his motherly character, which he admitted earlier?" And he goes, "Exactly what I'm going to do to you." Mm-hmm. And he beats the fuck out of her. 
But then Walter saves her. It turns out Walter can like undo himself. And then there's this crazy Walter versus David fight. That's so good. Battlebots, baby. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, this is, this is Battlebots 21. Watch out for the circular saw on the floor. <laughs> even, like, even though Walter's missing a hand, he beats the piss out of David. Yep. He's just like, there oh have been God. some advancements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like at first, like David's got the edge, and then Walter's like, actually, no, like a lot of karate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, actually, a lot. Of There's like a lot more karate that happened in the last ten years than in all of human history. But so I'm about to karate the shit out of your dumb blonde ass, you British piece of my Michael Fassbender shit. He beats the shit out of him, but David instilled that like moment of hesitation, in right? Him, mm. And that ends up costing Walter everything that David like managed to appeal to the humanity in Walter. Yes. And uh, like showing that he has the capacity for that mm-hmm. because it's, it's really kind of questionable up to that point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's really not even explored until like the very end. But, you know, they have this like fight, this moment, you know, he's got he's got the final blow. Walter's like on top of David. He's got like one final blow. David looks at the knife and then it's that moment is done and mm-hmm. they're moving on to the next yeah he's like next phase this is the moment like what makes him hesitate is he like this is the moment are you gonna be the creator or are you just gonna be a slave mm-hmm. and uh that makes mm. that makes walter hesitate and we don't know till the end but fucking david kills him right yeah david is yeah david took over and he decided that he looks enough like walter that he's gonna Go pretend to be Walter. Yeah, he must find the moment to cut his arm off in Mm -hmm. exactly the same way and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the uh, Catherine Waterston, the the storm ends and Catherine Waterston and uh, is it just her gets on the show? Oh, no, there's another guy whose face got blown with acid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The acid burns guy. Yeah. Swedish Mm -hmm. guy or whatever. Yeah. So he has got his face got fucked up by xenomorph blood and uh, they are running. The two of them are running onto the ship. And then the legit xenomorph chases them, and they have a crazy fight on the ship. Right. Where they like fight the xenomorph with a crane, and it's fucking David awesome. Brad is doing like weird pilot maneuvers, and Catherine Waterston is just like, I'll just hook in and I'll just fuck around up top. I don't give a shit. I think I care. She's actually, I actually took note of this moment here in this movie where she is way more bold than Ripley ever was. Mm hmm. And combat adept right yeah like it's it's strange and it doesn't really have any context i mean ripley i guess is like the lieutenant of a ship i don't really know she's like an adventurer she's a space trucker versus Catherine waterston who is like one of the top people in a massive like responsibility yeah i suppose yeah that's actually a really good point I'm glad you pointed that out because I really didn't take it. Take and, it. And let's not forget the daughter of Hangem High McCoy. <laughs> yeah, she, she. This lady knows justice, and she is ready oh, to serve it thoroughly. It flows through her veins. I, I love watching her just like kick the shit out of some fucking alien. Yeah. And then, and meanwhile, Danny McBride is just like, "I'm gonna help you out." John Denver ain't no joke to me. I'm gonna fuck this thing That's up. It. And it's it's reminiscent of when Ripley gets into loader and they like have the robot. Right, versus right. alien fight and stuff. It was yes. pretty good. Like I was not upset. The action is not the problem with this movie. It's the between action. And even if Michael Michael Fassbender played less flute, mm-hmm. it would be a way better movie. Yeah, that would. That's really all we need. Yeah, just, just let the orchestra take care of it, buddy. We got flutes <laughs> in there already. <laughs> 
again the 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 like the music of this movie is not bad mm-hmm. and like fassbender at one point plays the theme from prometheus so right like, right yeah yeah <laughs> that was actually that was actually pretty sweet it yeah. was pretty cool so the guy whose face is all fucked up is Loeb, and yeah. uh david is who is pretending to be walter fixes his face so it's mm. like he puts like a little like a uh, little band-aid on that yeah. shit put a little bit a little no. bit of the it's what we use to fix Neo's the drywall on the ship. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> back the we'll up patch here. it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll um, patch that hole up. We'll blow up. Patch that shit. It's fine. So, uh, Mother, the personality of the ship, is not in great because, like, landing on the planet wasn't really her shtick. Yeah. She ain't great, but she eventually informs them that there is an unidentified life form on the ship. And uh, I said, why is it black without a face hugger? Oh, okay. So there's like on that bandage was the uh, the goo that made the other people explode, right? Yes. Well, I, I think that actually he got an egg laid in him from the face hugger. Oh, I thought earlier. David put some put some uh, stank on him, if you will. That I might have happened. I think that did happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. very possible that happened. But the thing is that he got he got bursted. He did get bursted. That was the, that was the reason I think that the facehugger succeeded when it, like it latched onto him. The other guy cut it off of him, and it, the acid blood cut it like burned into his face. That's but I right. think it succeeded in like laying the egg. Oh, hence why he got like a chest burster, and then there was like another classic xenomorph out there mm. on the ship. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so the mother wakes up who is now the captain, Catherine Waterston is like, Hey, there's an unidentified life form on here. We might want to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to husband and wife are getting jiggy with it in the oh, shower. Yeah. Here's yep. what I'm wondering. Why would you want to fuck after all this carnage? Because I would... they were happy that oh, she got yeah, off man. the planet and came yeah. back. Yeah. It's just like people always have sex after funerals, you know? Mm-hmm. Who? <laughs> I mean, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you celebrate life after all that death. You, you really got, all the, got all the blood flowing. Your juices are flowing. You know, you want to feel alive. You, that's man. right. You're just trying to trying to get a face hugger going, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think it was also an excuse to give us titties. Yeah. And right. Exactly. Ooh, that's, baby, that's, that chick was attractive. That's, that's the reason I check that it. box. Yes. <laughs> People have been saying I'm a simp because I am so into naked women. And I'm don't like, ever how use, is this a crime? Don't, I don't ever use the word simp. Don't let people call you a simp. Don't ever even like acknowledge that that's a thing because honestly, I don't know where that comes from. Like, I know, I know what the whole thing means, but like, don't let internet children tell you how to think. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to still be horny for hot women. Like, that's <laughs> not going to not, not be a thing. This is normal. <laughs> this is a normal don't thing. Let internet children. T- <laughs> Because it's so true. It is. It's so true. In my uh, my podcast, High on Horror, we covered the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Anytime anybody referred to Jessica Peel, I went, "She's so hot." Uh huh. And uh, (laughs) like now we have shirts that are, "She's so hot," and Uh people are like, "I want a compilation of Miles simping over Jessica Peel." And I'm just like, "I will happily provide." Let me do some editing. There you go. That's it. (laughs) If you see me in the street, don't you ever say the word simp to me. That's right. That's right. I will simplify That's right. the, the features on your face. Oh, That's right. It's a one big old bunch of mush. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah, so it's a uh, promise. <laughs> now show me some titties. Show me your titties. 
but goddamn, that woman was hot. So, uh, alien bursts through the shower and kills husband and wife. Shower interrupted. Shower interrupted. And uh, so then we got uh, Tennessee and uh, Waterston are, they like do the exact same plan as everyone in all the alien movies. Yes. And they succeed. Yep. They're the first people they to f- like section it off and push it forward. They mm-hmm. fuck it up. So they push together. It. That's yeah. the, that, that's like the key thing mm-hmm. because Tennessee is kind of the I don't know like the Dallas analog in this one. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm always comparing to Alien. Oh well. yeah. Uh, well, they're both named after states. There you go. That's yeah. right. There well, you are. State cities. You yep. get it. Very good yeah. point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Civics. Southern Civics. things. Yeah. <laughs> Civics class. Um, <laughs> so they they push the alien into the terraforming bay. Mm-hmm. And they lock it inside a truck like, oh, this will work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Didn't Can't work. out of there. Um, so then uh, it's like breaking out of the truck. So they throw another truck into that truck. And uh, they end up throwing it into space. And there's just like, there's whole, very dramatic, so much drama as they throw this alien into space. Yep. And uh, they're like, mission succeeded. Yay. We have all of the sleepy colonists and then the two of us. So Walter's like, I'll stay awake. You guys go ahead and take your little nappy nap. Is that all the people that are left? Is those two? Is those two? And then the 243 colonists colonists or whatever. Embryos and all that. They're the only crew members left. Yeah, everyone else got fucked up. There's no Stanley Tucci in this one. That's right. Um, (laughs) So um, then uh, uh, what they believe to be Walter is putting everybody to sleep, the two of them. So first is Danny McBride, then it's her. And she goes, will you help me build my cabin in the new world? And he's like, huh? And she's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Too late. So, suddenly she's like, oh, shit. I I told Walter all about this. Like, yeah. I think this might not be Walter. It becomes clear that it's David. She already got zip locked. Like, he's like, night, night. Um, and then uh, the song Entry of the Gods into Valhalla starts to play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he puts xenomorph mini eggs in with the embryos. Yeah. Okay, so going back to if you've been listening all Xenozember and... Xenovember. Xenovember <laughs> as well. Uh, I really loved a- AVP Requiem, I believe. Mm-hmm. No, Requiem? Yeah, we really liked I like the ones where the babies die. <laughs> <laughs> When babies die, I love the movie. It's, it's like a tool song. <laughs> yeah. I like to watch babies die. <laughs> yeah, so I really enjoyed the, kind of the dark twist that they took on this, and mm-hmm. they just unabashedly did it. Yeah. And I think really Scott kind of got away with it because the studio meddled so much in like the whole alien action moments mm-hmm. and trying mm-hmm. to make the alien so prevalent. And they're like, yeah, fine, have your like, you know, david ending or whatever yeah this seemed to me i felt like okay so a similar movie around the same released around the same time is a movie called nightcrawler mm-hmm. I love starring that same Jake year Hall. yeah same year yep and it has this very dark uh following a very disturbed sociopathic protagonist mm-hmm. of Jake Gyllenhaal, this guy who is willing to do anything for success. It's a success story about this man learning his uh, place in society and like his right. his uh, his path to success. I think that this movie is very is echoing kind of that sentiment in that it's David's 
This is a David success story coming from Prometheus. Right. You watch him do the Valhalla, you know, the gods entering Valhalla. Mm -hmm. It's like that's the end result. Mm-hmm. Is that he becomes the creator of something? He, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Like that. This is hence why this is more of a Blade Runner analogous film sure. to me than any other, you know, alien franchise film. It's just it's like the bridge between the two, as I've mentioned before in the Prometheus episodes. But I just feel like this this is a perfect like a perfectly middle uh, meeting point between these two franchises. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where they're using both premises to kind of explore different types of themes uh, that are shared between these two universes. So uh, for me, I really liked the ending. <laughs> I thought it was kind of it was not fucked a up bad the, ending, even right. though like everybody dies essentially at the end. But yeah. it's not a bad ending for yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote. Beautiful, but the pacing sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too much Ridley Scott robot bullshit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote... Yes, 100% agree. Uh, humans felt very auxiliary, and you didn't have any investment, but boy, did they try. Yeah. And then I wrote, fun, less than production. Yep. I, I agree with all your points, and, and part of the reason I like this movie more on the second watch than the first watch, I, I had... That same sentiment exactly as you read the first time I watched the movie and I had a very low opinion of it. But then mm-hmm. the more I like the second time I revisited it in conjunction with Prometheus. Yes. Compared to Prometheus, like in that line, in that like in that thematic timeline, in the in the plot timeline, I just felt like it fit a lot better. And mm-hmm. it seemed to be a, a bit more informed. And also from that blade runner perspective like that i now have from having seen the movies before i think i just i liked it better for my sensibilities than you know than from an alien movie perspective because it doesn't really it really doesn't give a fuck about you as an audience member mm-hmm. right right yeah. it really doesn't it is <laughs> it's like pretentious it's as fuck big middle finger fuck you yeah huh what did you think? I, I, I felt like um, I agree with you. I think that a lot of the humans, it was almost as if they had built a bowling alley, perfectly furnished it, and then set it on fire. <laughs> it's like, I thought this was a bowling alley. Nope, it's a bonfire. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I, I definitely, I felt that there was um, a good... I, under, I I appreciated the sort of religious undertones, obviously, uh, to a lot of that. I always have fun when they stick that in there, or even when it's just mythological undertones that I can sort of tie back in, which there are other things that I could tie this into, but I won't get into all that. But, three uh, hours later. Yes, three hours later is exactly right. Uh, but um, but I, I appreciate those, those little factors, and I think it was sort of a trade-off in this movie between these little attempts to develop the characters and just the absolute nothingness of the earlier films where you're just floating through space for 20 minutes and mm. this is the movie. Look at this planet. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, I felt like there's there's still that same amount of wasted space almost, but at the same time, it, it makes sense because that's that's what space is. It's mostly nothingness. Yeah, the the fastbender playing the flute actually had meaning rather than watching Saturn's ring spin around. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but but then you have to get into 
Greek Greek slash Roman mythology and, and all this stuff. Is, this is why these two films are like such good companion pieces, right? Yeah. Because like Prometheus explores a bit of like the the plot centric. Let's go to a new world. Let's watch a bunch of people be stupid. Mm-hmm. And then this has like a lot more emotional context. I feel like to the characters. Yeah. And then that just becomes a bit more like subverted because of how. Uh, brazen they are with destroying all of those relationships and those emotional connections (laughs) that you as an audience member have. So those two pieces put together feel like they're one complete puzzle. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why they're so essentially you know, combined. Right. Reliant on each other. Exactly. Like Prometheus, I found made a lot more sense in the context that Covenant provided, Mm -hmm. but Covenant without Prometheus is nothing. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So that begs the question, gentlemen, Prometheus and Covenant. I like this. One, one real blanket here. Mm -hmm. Prometheus and Covenant. Keep it or dump it. I softened up on Covenant a lot more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had a very different opinion of it this time around. I actually liked it, uh, dare I say, a little bit more than Prometheus. Whoa. Because I felt like the David storyline was more fleshed out and he was like exploring his humanity more in this film. Mm-hmm. But, com- you know, as a companion to Prometheus, I kind of liked where this ended up going. You know, with that Prometheus subtext underneath of it, I think that this, I'm going to say I would keep these two like Mm -hmm. as companion pieces. I, I say keep them because I think that they have like a really good uh, coherency between the two of them. The cohesion. Cohesion. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's, there's definitely like a one through line happening between these two films that when watched to gr- together, they actually enhance one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you go back and like having gone back and seen both of them and then revisiting Prometheus and then revisiting Covenant, I actually appreciated them all as a whole mm-hmm. much better. So it's like a four hour fucking jaunt, but I say, <laughs> I say, keep it. You say, keep it. I say uh, as a pair, keep it, but I disagree with Matt as usual. Uh, <laughs> I, I felt that the David storyline could progress forward by just approaching it as him as a robot Mm -hmm. i don't think that the human part is necessary because ultimately humans are self-destructive so from a logical perspective of course you wouldn't want to try and perpetuate a species that is going to destroy itself so if you are finding yourself in an environment where you have the opportunity to create sustainable life or better yet life that is practically impermeable then of course you would do that if your mission is to you know perpetuate life right so the the only challenge there is that they're programmed to you know help people that that's the that's the little caveat but uh, ultimately i'd say that that as a pair definitely they're they're worth holding on to i think that they explored a lot of that theme though in covenant where david was talking about how Humans were humans were imperfect, but yet he was like trying to find a way for him to 
uh, and that like their time was over mm-hmm. and he wanted to find a perfect organism like a way for him to create right right but i think i think that they were on the same track and maybe they didn't execute it very well mm-hmm. but i think that they were thinking along the, the, the same lines as you right, described right that the logic is definitely there in the movie but mm-hmm. i think that the emotional component or the human uh, invasion of of this uh, of this sh- robot was the thing that should have bothered it. me yeah, yeah i think that they could have pulled that back and still kept the story the same storyline yeah yeah i agree i agree yeah where i'm torn is that prometheus objectively mm-hmm. ain't a great movie right. without the deleted scenes yeah <laughs> yes as we talked about yeah right, as right, we talked great. about all those deleted scenes made both of these movies way more viable right than they are without the cutting room floor mm-hmm. so knowing that and also knowing that they're both part of a box set I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm leaning towards keeping. Right. <laughs> well, the, the main thing is also when when viewing those uh, deleted scenes and like those bonus content pieces, I think if you're, you are an Alien franchise fanatic, you will oh, yeah. explore them. And as, as I am, that's why I got so into them. I was like looking for more answers and I was – I found that stuff because I wanted to have – answers to questions that were posed to me from watching the movie and I felt like they were lacking. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're an Aliens franchise fanatic, you you really should stick with these Prometheus and Covenant films. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've changed my opinion of them from my first viewing and I really think that they're actually pretty a pretty good entry into the whole franchise. Right. I don't know if that's going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm but. curious. But I've I've seen some lists on the internet of watching them in sequential order and within mm. the world of the film, and I'm curious to go back and watch them in that order and see what that sort of progression looks like. I'm, I definitely yeah. think I'm going to do that in to the days it, to come. If it fits, if it's if it makes any yes, yes, yeah, yeah. and the technology won't. Right, of course not. No, <laughs> oh, fuck, we got no. holograms and shit. That's in the, it. The but you got to put you got to put the Blade Runner into that too. Right. Yes. You know. Absolutely. Put in, yeah. I think you. St- I think you actually start with Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and then you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think twenty forty nine is probably like even before yeah. the rest of them. But Could just be. watch those those couple. I think that if you add, I really, <laughs> as I've talked about a lot in the past episode. If you're an audience member and you're interested in this franchise, I really think you need to watch Blade Runner mm-hmm. and Blade Runner 2049 so that you can get the themes that they're trying to achieve. I think that they're explored. And look, as a franchise, mm-hmm. Blade Runner is is impeccable. Right. Like, there is no debate in my mind about whether or not they're lacking or, mm-hmm. you know, what features are done correctly or refined or whatever like it's perfect it's fucking amazing mm-hmm. this franchise has gone on so long right? <laughs> there is a lot of room for error here There's nobody's getting sucked through window pinholes <laughs> <anything like that. laughs> exactly throw that into your universe you that's know because it. It, it. it's can- canonical I mean, there's, it, it there's more in this universe than just Blade Runner, though, as I was doing oh, yeah. a little bit of research. Yeah, Universal uh, I've Soldier. Never seen, and... I've never seen that one, Universal Soldier, but have you seen Raised by Wolves on HBO? I have not. That's a Ridley Scott TV show about mm. robots that are much like David mm. that somehow come into possession of children. This fucker loves robots. He sure yeah, does. Of course. They take these children to a planet and away from people 
and try and raise them themselves. And then people come and are like, give us back these kids, bro. What the fuck? And that's all I know about the show. It's yeah. like eight episodes and I want to watch it, especially in conjunction with this whole universe because apparently it's related. Very what? interesting. We Very get, interesting. There we go. That's okay. it. Yeah. Yeah. Future episode coming up. Yeah. We'll have to have a uh, Raised by Wolves recap episode. There you go. Yeah. Even though there it ended go. like a year ago, it's well, still probably right. worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm we'll talk about it. I need yeah. to see Universal yeah. Soldier or whatever. I think yeah. it's just called Soldier. Universal Soldier has like Dolph Lundgren in it. Yeah. yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yep. This, this is this is led by the amazing Kurt Russell. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's just Soldier. Mm-hmm. But apparently it has like some connections. The, the One of the co-writers of Alien is the writer of Soldier. And there's like some weird props that they borrowed from, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood's like always borrowing like all bunch of they don't, they don't, they're like hoarders they don't throw anything away right of course yeah, this, yeah we it's can the, use this again the ridley scott verse right so scott verse yeah scott verse yes um so i am going to hang on to these two so mm-hmm. now from z november to z December, we only decided to dump one yeah and that would be alien three yes in retrospect knowing that all the other ones are being kept mm-hmm do you think we should stick with that decision that that Alien Three is so bad? I think you can clip certain scenes out of Alien Three and make them bonus features on another one of the movies and be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. What I do just, you think? They just did. They did Sigourney Weaver so dirty. Yeah. They did. I'm not happy with it, and I feel like she's much better. She's huge used to much better effect in one, two, and four. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that she's fine in four because she's a clone. Mm-hmm. It's her. It's her DNA. I think it's like if I could spark notes it, like yeah, Matt said. Yeah, right, right. Number three, if I could spark notes number three, sure. Right. But right. I wouldn't sit there for like an hour and 30 minutes watching well, it. Well, I've determined if I'm not keep getting rid of any other ones yeah. from the box set, I'm keeping it's, that. It's oh, only oh, fair. As a, a box yeah, it's set. only fair. Yeah. There's no toss. reason. No, but, don't yeah. toss yeah, it. Yeah, no, no. no keep if it I was there. like, and then fuck three, four, five, and six, like, you know, <laughs> that would be different. <laughs> yeah. But... So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. So yeah. as did, a whole, the Alien franchise I think remains intact. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's the general consensus. Sure. Yeah. Did we gain anything by rewatching all of these over the last two months? That is, uh, we didn't expect. I gained an appreciation for this back half of this franchise. Honestly, like Prometheus Covenant, even um, Resurrection or whatever, like the, the AVP movies. Yeah. AVP. I actually really, I really, really enjoyed exploring them more. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say as a franchise, I found the things that I liked about them. Maybe I don't think it's, I, obviously I don't think it's perfect, right. but there's definitely stuff to like about it. And I softened up. I really did. I softened up a lot on just all of them. Right. Well, just like Captain Waterson, as uh, she's about to fall asleep, <laughs> Uh, you guys are about to find out that I've lied to you the entire time. This is the first time I've watched any of these movies. <laughs> any of them? Really? Yes. <laughs> yep. Not Alien. No, you're you're kidding. I'm completely serious. Wait, what? what? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Well, then, then go you're to sleep. A- go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what? You've never watched Alien before? This? None of them. Really? Yep. I thought for sure that you've seen at least a couple of nope. them. You've been talking about them like you've been watching them since 79. There you go. <laughs> wow. I'm well, so glad I asked this question. Well, <laughs> what was you your initial, what's your initial feeling about them then? Like, I mean, obviously like we've seen like your, your take on all these mm-hmm. films like throughout the series, but you know, what, what what's your overall 
what, know, feeling about the alien franchise. Yeah, I, I think it's a it's an interesting exploration of the concept of you know life in space has to be very adaptable. And so it wouldn't be stagnant in any way, shape, or form. And we as human beings, uh, life on this planet uh, has been so incredibly impacted by us that it creates an interesting question when we then take that and put it out into the cold vacuum of space. It creates an, a space, a time, and uh, an environment for us to, to see how things can progress and how they could go wrong if we think that we can understand them. And so I really enjoyed that that sort of uh, philosophical uh, romp through things. I, I definitely enjoyed a lot of the aspects, uh, but there were just as many that I had problems with as I've talked about. But uh, but overall, it was an enjoyable experience. Huh. Yeah. I'm still like reeling from the fact <laughs> you said you never watched any of them. You're a horror aficionado who never saw these movies. Nope. Never touched them. I've had them for a long, long time, but I've just never watched them. Wow. Yep. There you go. And I've grown up watching these movies. <laughs> this is wild. Wild. Um, so... Uh, I think this is a great time for us to take one more brief break before we come back with some best wishes. There we go. All right. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Best wishes. Um, so best wishes yep. is a beloved recurring segment. I think it's the reason that a lot of people just listen to my show in the first place. And uh, so what it is is wish.com is a not American website. Mm-hmm. And because of that, their like descriptions are, a little wild and uh they also have crazy fucking items for sale <laughs> so that combination has created this game so what i'm going to do is i'm going to read the description and each of you gentlemen is going to have to tell me what you think it is mm-hmm. i'm running out so audience if you have best wishes i need the screenshot of the image mm-hmm. the description and the price mm-hmm. i need all of it Mm-hmm. So email me discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So because I only have three, this is going to be a short one. But mm-hmm. we will do uh, we'll do the sh- Matt Trevasi, you get to go first because okay. you have consistently lost every time. And, <laughs> right. and Matt Suter has not only gotten all of his right, but he's also gotten all of yours right. That is absolutely right. Matt is the, uh, is the undisputed champion. He really is. Nobody who's ever played this game has gotten as many right as he has. <laughs> so this one was sent in and does not have a price on it, so I apologize. But this one is portable hand care, horse ointment, moisturizing, whitening, anti-aging hand cream. Say it one more time. Portable hand care horse ointment, <laughs> moisturizing, whitening, anti-aging hand cream. Anti-aging hand cream. Um, horse? Horse. It's <laughs> <laughs> a horse thing in there? Uh, I think it is some kind of like, uh, like a St. Ives, like a dry hand, like for those who are working on like... Like a horse ranch type of people. Uh, I'll give it to you. I think it might be made out of horse. <laughs> made a, out of horse. It's, it's a horse thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead what and describe the to the audience fuck? what you're looking at. Portable hand care, horse ointment, moisturizing, whitening, anti-aging hand cream, which is a horse-labeled 
uh, hand cream that goes into your cracks and I crevices. Was, I, my my mind immediately like went to mane and tail, but I knew that it wasn't that because that's <laughs> yeah. hair care products. It's, it's right. definitely it's yeah. definitely a human centric product that's meant to like kind of. Moisturize your uh, hands. Moisturize Look at those hands, though. Hand. They're pretty They're big. Very cracked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Apparently, like, working with horses dries your hands. I out. think that's like first degree burns on that middle picture there. It's yeah. Like, it's, it's like, like they a medical issue. Dry like a, a chalkboard with just their hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's fucking horrific. Mm. Okay, so then uh, that we got one point. Oh shit, this might be a there game by making it shorter. I'm trying to find ones. There's so many dildos, so many fucking dildos. <laughs> um, so Matt, this is men Chinese medicine tea, increased strength, thicken, long lasting. Four dollars. It is uh, a uh, it's it's a thing that you take to increase your ejaculate. I'm not going to give you that one. Okay, fair enough. This is... What is that? <laughs> what is that? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a T. Well... Oh, it, it's, it increases your length, I guess. And your girth. Yes, it's strain. It's desperately straining inside of that condom. There, that's the that's the important. It's bigger. I see. I see by the arrow. Yeah, that it is so bigger it's, before it is and after. Like Viagra tea. Right. I see Viagra tea. There Viagra you go. Viagra tea. There we go. And that, the, the yeah. penis in the condom. He's like. There's a really. He's poorly, not as happy after he's been. No, he's a he's poorly like, drawn this is, kind of doggy is, style. This is uncomfortable. Thing going on here. Yeah. He's such a sad penis. Yeah. In the he's condom. he's very uncomfortable. Aww. Why would you want to drink tea that makes your penis sad? Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink tea that makes my penis nice and soggy. A soggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning. You are winning. I'm winning. <laughs> I'm winning. Finally. Um. Let me see here. I think this is the last one. So either of you could uh, vote on this we might end up in a tie okay this is upgrade inconvenience urology bladder aid male urine leg bag incontinence briefs washable silicone it's like a urine collector catheter 18 dollars well it kind of does explain what it's it like is. a catheter yeah yeah i'll give it to both of you i just love that it says silicone, silicone. <laughs> silicone. there you go yeah, that's it. silicone bag that that's what you want. Ties around the, the your calf. calf. Yeah, there you Ugh. go. Keeps yeah. you warm. Keeps you warm at night. Ugh. Just that one leg, unless just you just unless you unless, unless you put a diverter on it, so it goes both ways. What is going into the catheter though? It's like well, it's a bag, and that's traditionally not the way that it's done. You, you piss down into the bag, and it hangs it hangs around there your you um, but your the, ankle, so that you can just like piss in any environment. The dick you can looks avoid like a that, diaper. That piece of like fat that you rip out of a chicken breast. Yeah, sure, like, sure. Yeah, it's, it doesn't it's look a like gristly. a dick. It's a it looks gristly. awful. <laughs> Metrifying. <laughs> 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 so uh that's the moment man that's I'm, it i'm out i don't have any more we're all it i've used all we've, of these we've done like it. it's a tie dick 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 right. dick dick there's, boobs dick 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 there's a lot of genitalia oh, involved and that's why i know most of these things here's yeah. a bonus one that i found on etsy or maybe oh. not etsy it's oh. a, a facebook ad let me okay. find it here hold on this one is men's big men's 6xl hooded plain black sweatshirt pullover hoodie fleece blank times six eighteen dollars and 25 cents plus seven dollars and 50 cents shipping i assume you guys know it's a hoodie yeah 
So here's the first picture okay. of what it looks like. It's just wrap a around your dick. generic dude. No, it does not. It's just a generic dude in a hoodie. But then when you look at the actual picture, yeah, disproportionate. Yeah, majorly disproportionate. Yeah, absolutely. Looks, looks like the one arm's longer than the other one, and yeah, it's got like, a couple things going on there. This guy is way more tall and big than anything else. Like, I, his head I believe is too this small. is several children on each other's shoulders in this photo. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. with a and those are, doll head. <laughs> those are those are legs with like false hands on their feet. Yeah, coming out of the arm. It, it looks arm like holes. you designed a character in a PS2 game. Almost. That's absolutely uh, it. Yes. And then he. Wait, where'd it go? There's another one. This is. These are my last two. I've had these since day one. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? <laughs> I have one from Etsy for sure. Okay. That is. Is there a dick sweater, Matt? There, there is. is a dick sweater. Yeah. Uh, this is on Macari.com. Open on the end. Oh, uh, Macari. Ooh. This is uh, Christian Louboutin. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, up to 75% off, but this is $795. Go ahead and explain to the audience what you're looking at. Yes, I've seen these before. Uh, this they're, looks like you shaved the back of a deer off and stuck it on it's the heels. It's the hoof turned upside down and curled around at the toe, and that's that creates this wonderful little like elf effect, but with deer. Uh, and also, the leg has been stretched out beyond... Uh, what y'all both intended, and now you can fit a human <laughs> foot inside of this deer foot. I, yeah, I don't like. I don't like the fact that it looks like you just slaughtered a deer. Yeah, and you decided to just stuff Make your high feet heels in out it. of it and turn it into high heels. I yep. feel like it's the white tail that's on the tip of it. Yeah, like, that's that is that's it. And so all and, the hate and, that, a, and a steal at seven hundred ninety five dollars. <laughs> why are they charging seven hundred ninety five dollars for what is essentially? what the the Bambi's mom's killer would sell on Etsy. It's the heels. It's it's endangered it's, wood. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's mahogany. It's, it's mahogany. mahogany. Rich mahogany. Rich mahogany. Yeah. Keeps yeah. them up, upright, nice and six inches high off the ground. That's what you want. Yeah, and uh, I, f- I found this one called the Mandalorian, which is a Mandalorian dildo. Oh, very good. Very good. Would you yep. want Boba Fett's head stuffed up in your pussy? I, I it's not necessarily well, for your pussy. That's bro. right. You can. There's there's many <laughs> pla- ass. There's many many planets that Boba Fett can explore. And then you get a free <laughs> you get a free Grogu butt clug. Oh well then well the well, does it have ears though. It does. That doesn't. Oh, no. That doesn't work. Hopefully, they're silicone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You they're need. You need the flexibility. Plastic. If they're yeah. hard plastic, it'd be bad news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd that's have not some good. bleeding. Yes. Yeah. So wait. I have something similar to this that I can show you right now. I can put I my hands on. I, I don't. See it. It's never been used. I don't want to know. I don't know if still. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know. It's part of another collection of memorabilia Man, that I also have. This is best wishes band. has rubbed Matt Gervasi the wrong way, it's, even though he won. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's upset. Well, I guess yeah. you tied, but yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder though. This this actually like begs the question. Would the alien crew from the original Alien okay. have been in better shape if they just would have had some soap and water? Soap and water, a silicone-based life form. This is oh. a good question. They could have all that no, really, deep, really, all they needed. Natured this fucking all they, alien. That's, that's it. That's all. They, that, that's all they had to do. Yep, they just had to come through and just, just get a hose. Like if they were all firemen on that shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're on a fireman mission. We'll be there in a millennia. Don't worry, <laughs> everything will be fine. Yep. In one millennia. All oh work my out. god. 
So you guys are the kickstart with Matt and Matt. We are. Tell them about the show. Well, we uh, do a show every Tuesday live, uh, normally around 730 um, on uh, YouTube and Facebook and uh Instagram. Don't watch Instagram, though, because all you can see is Chris. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yes, we, we do that. We uh, spend the first half hour of the show talking about whatever nonsense comes to us, which lately has been not a whole lot. No. Uh, but we, we get little nuggets every once in a while. And then the second half, which is actually somewhat productive because it's structured, which is the weird news segment. And we talk about things. And uh, that's pretty much it. We've been doing it far too long. We're, we it just did episode sucks. 259, I think it was. Oh, we've, uh, been, we've been at it for longer than that. Yeah, we've, we've been many, 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 many years. But we take all these breaks all the time uh, yeah. uh, up until recently. But now We're Matt consistent. and I live so close together that it's sort of impossible for us not to keep going. Yeah, we're so. consistent. This this will continue every Tuesday. There you are. For the foreseeable future. Until one of us dies. And it fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know why. I'll even... pick up the mantle of whichever one dies. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Take, take it all, Miles. That's it. You can take it. <laughs> so I like their show very much. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. The kickstart right. with Matt and Matt. There we go. They don't like it, but I like it. And uh, <laughs> I also... Uh, so thank you guys for doing like... It's been two months, but it feels like 32 years. Yeah, man. Thank Hell you yeah. so much for having us. Absolutely. I, it, it was a blast. been an absolute pleasure. I, I love sharing my opinions. I, I, I do think it's like a fun... <laughs> I, I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> I, it is a really fun way for me to kind of explore a little bit more more of my like film critic uh, you know, personality. I, I get very you know thematically deep with a lot of these films and just... Being able to express that in a funny way and hearing, like, having your direction going along with it has been a real pleasure. Mm -hmm. Just, like, being able to kind of explore and rediscover some of this franchise, which I have not done in a long time. Mm -hmm. It's been a very good experience for me. So, I thanks thanks for having us on there. Yeah, man. I'm glad. Yeah, I appreciate it. Matt hit it from us the whole time. There you go. I know. He's just sitting there back over here. Like David. He's sitting there in October, like, I can't wait to drop this in December. (laughs) Yep. That's it. That's it. I was just playing my flute, watching the rings of Saturn, baby. That's it. I was one handed. Matt was teaching me how to do it. He said, Just blow, brother. Just blow. Just blow. Let me tell you how I'll to finger. finger. All right. I'll, I'll finger you blow. I've fingered the critical acclaim many times. <laughs> As, is Ridley Scott just like a closeted like weirdo? <laughs> he made <laughs> alien rape monsters. Yeah, right. So I'd I say so. <laughs> it's it's like, so Giger, closeted. you got an idea here. I love these rape monsters. I'm going to have a rape scene in every single one of my there movies. Which he does. Yeah. He does, yeah. Which he does. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I don't like this. So, something to Man, take Matt up with. It's been so uncomfortable since we like got to the best wishes segment. <laughs> I feel real dirty and shit. <laughs> Disgusting. Dude, and then like this is episode 99, my dudes. Very good. Next episode, we're doing my favorite movie with uh, Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds. But yeah, this is episode 99. Wonderful. Um, so I want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity. You can find that on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify too. He prefers you to look it up on YouTube because Spotify don't pay shit. Uh, if you want any merch, you can find it at discdump.threadless.com. You can get your Chaos and Milk shirt. I'm pretty sure by the time the 
that you hear this, I'm going to have a uh, Darth Magellan shirt where he says, uh, I find your lack of exploration disturbing. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll have a tug the milk out shirt. Maybe. Do it. I'm gonna, we'll have to figure out a good design for it. And yes. um, yeah, so if you want merch, don't buy it because you're supporting me. Buy it because you like it. Because for every $30 you spend, I get one. So go. that's how that goes. If you want to reach out to me on social media, just type in disk dump with a C. You wouldn't find it if you couldn't find this. So it's all good. And again, email is disdumppod at gmail.com. Don't forget the PP in there. It's important. All right, fellas. The conclusion of December. Here we go. All right, audience. Until Sad next but time. inevitable. To space! To space! <laughs> and beyond! <laughs>